NFL Draft Big Boards. Where Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland ranked and when do they, we think they'll go in the draft. And John Beck breaks down how Keaton Slovis got to BYU and what are his expectations for the quarterback. Just wondering how Shep got to BYU this morning in the snow. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, January 25th. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Shep, who always gets a, a good morning workout in. What time did you go this morning? Uh, up at 4.45. I was at the gym by 10 after. Got in, a good, got in a good workout this morning. Feeling good. That's awesome, man. Feeling good. Yeah. Probably crash at about two, <laughs> but uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. And Whatever speaking, you need. And speaking of right now, let's get to today's show. On today's program, NFL draft projections. Where do Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland rank? We will discuss that. Plus, as I mentioned, John Beck on the program talking about the BYU quarterback room and BYU in the Big 12. Plus, men's hoops continues to wow at Pictionary. Oh, yeah, we'll explain. Here are today's headlines. Tyler Algier is on the Pro Football Writers of America all-rookie team. Congratulations, Tyler, becoming one of the first two Cougars in the NFL with a 1,000-yard season, joining Jamal Williams this year. Finished third among all NFL rookies with 1,035 rushing. ESPN NFL draft guru Mel Kuyper released his updated NFL draft big boards earlier today and ranked Jaron Hall as the sixth best quarterback prospect. And he has Blake Freeland ranked at number five mm. when it comes to offensive tackles. Troy Warner signs with the Memphis Showboats of the USFL. Warner has spent some time with the Bucks and Rams the past few years. He joins Samson Nakua and Bo Tanner in the league. Women's basketball makes the transfer of Jenna Asai official. Asai comes to BYU after starting the season at Oregon, where she averaged seven points, three rebounds, and two assists for the Ducks. Big-time recruit. Another top 40 coming Absolutely. in. Next year's recruiting class, very impressive from women's hoops. And it's game day for number 12 men's volleyball, playing at number 6 UC Irvine for the ro- first road match of the season. The Cougars won both last year against the Anteaters. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. The NFL Draft, more than three months out, but Senior Bowl coming up, NFL PA Bowl this week. There's a lot of combo uh, around the draft right now, especially because, as you mentioned, Shep, Mel Kuyper of ESPN just releases updated player rankings. Jaron Hall, sixth among quarterbacks. Blake Freeland, fifth among offensive tackles. So I ask you, do you think both will be off the board by the fourth round of the draft? Um, there is certainly a chance. I will say it's probably likely that at least one is. And if I have to pick which one right now, I would probably say the more likely to be off the board through three rounds is Blake Freeland. No question. Um, I, I think that's probably where that plays out. Honestly, I think a guy like Blake Freeland could go as high as the second round. I think the third round is probably... The sweet spot for him, but I certainly could see him going in the second round. And look, it's, it's certainly not anything negative against Jaron Hall. We know how good Jaron Hall is. I think Jaron Hall is going to be a fantastic quarterback at the next level. I, I certainly think there is a chance that he could be like a round three guy. I think probably round four is is probably more realistic for for him. And and it's not because of a talent issue. I think once when you look at the NFL draft, and I am an NFL draft nut, I love it. 
The NFL draft is one of those ones from a quarterback standpoint. Once you have the top-tier guys, so your C.J. Strouds, Bryce Youngs, once those go off, especially yeah. with what we've Will seen, yeah, yeah, with what we've seen in the last couple of years, with a lot of success from middle round and late round quarterbacks actually coming in and having success in the NFL, I, I think I think teams are willing to sort of push the quarterback down the road a little bit, and they feel like they can still get really good talent in the fourth and the fifth rounds because it, it's proven to be. No. If you're at a, certainly a tackle, and we know that at BYU, um, Blake was a left tackle, such a hot yep. commodity yep. in the NFL. If you're anywhere close to being a top ten tackle, certainly a left tackle, they're going to snatch you up as quick as they possibly can. That's why I think it's probably more likely that Blake is taken before round three if I have to pick between the two. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, very likely that uh, Blake will be the first off the board from BYU and in the first three rounds. Probably, I, I'm guessing second round, but um, you know, Kuyper very high on both, uh, Jaron and, and Blake. Dane Brugler of The Athletic has Jaron as the 13th best quarterback, Blake as the 14th best. Kuiper is kind of the main voice in this conversation. That's quite the difference, too. But there's a big difference there. If that's the case, yeah, you're not going for a while. You might be third, fourth, fifth round. I don't think Blake falls to the fifth, but Blake feels like he's top three rounds almost for sure. Um, being that good at that position, like you mentioned. And yeah, to, certain, certain teams are going to be so desperate, they're going to grab their quarterback in the first yeah. five picks. The Bears don't need one. Texans need one. Arizona doesn't need one, but kind of. Uh, Colts definitely need one. Seahawks might not need one in the top five if they re-sign Geno. I'm hoping the Seahawks grab Jaron, honestly. In like the Geno and fourth. Drew Locke, what are you talking about? You're set. <laughs> Drew Locke, nice. <laughs> um, okay, so NFL mock draft database. They compile like 543 mock drafts, which is what we've asked all of our uh, students to do behind the scenes in research. They said, hey, wait, there's just a website. We're like, okay, cool. Jaron Hall projected to go in the third round. Um, overall, 82nd, uh, Blake Freely in third round, 78. So they, they actually have Blake just barely ahead of Jaron there, right? Highest pick, okay? Uh, you see 56th for Jaron, 69th for Blake Freeland. Let's bring Puka Nakua into this conversation. Um, going to be uh, another guy that's kind of the th- – he's the third best prospect from BYU, clearly. And he's a guy that could be drafted. Um, I could also see him perhaps not being drafted, but I think he'll crush it at the combine. Yes, and they'll see the film and they'll go, playmaker. Because when I assess a football team, I go, how many playmakers do you have? Are you in that upper echelon of talent and ability to change a game? And Puka is certainly that. We saw it firsthand on the first play from scrimmage yeah. in South Florida. It was amazing. And Cam Meller is a guy that uh, assesses college football. He's been assessing pro football for uh, many years. Homie of the program, as they called him. He came on recently and said that he thinks Puka might go before Jaron. Listen to this. I think he might eventually, as we get through January into March, and when he gets to run at the Combine, he's going to be a guy who could be drafted higher than Jared. And I just think that his pre-draft process, from the Senior Bowl all the way through to a Pro Day to the Combine, uh, he's going to be a guy who turns heads and people are going to have the, the, the develop their draft crushes on. So I think Nakua, who could jump up and maybe right there ahead of Jared, depending on how they both perform at the Senior Bowl. Turning heads is uh, aptly named because that's what the cornerbacks are doing as they watched Puka run down the field. It, this is exciting to have three guys really in the mix, yeah. two that we feel are, are going to be drafted for sure, and a quarterback because the moment Jaron's drafted, Aaron Roderick just adds that LinkedIn, goes, yep, 
another guy. Yep. Come here. Keaton, you're going to be the next guy. Let's go. If you're certainly if you're not a first day guy, so you're talking first round and you're not a second day guy, which is rounds two and three. If you're rounds four through seven, look, I, I understand that there is a financial aspect of where you're drafted in a certain area and kind of a slotted money allowance, that type of stuff. So I get you want to be drafted as high as you possibly can, because then that means financially you're able to make more money in terms of signing bonuses and things like that. But I think if you're looking at day three, so in a situation where Puka, by a lot of the you know, yeah. measurables, that's where that looks like he would probably go. Day three guy. Possibly Jaron Hall being that day three guy. Again, I would expect him, if it is day three, Early, early day yeah. three. But if you're four through seven, to me, it's more about going to a place where you can be a fit than being a high pick. Zach, Wilson. Zach Wilson Well, hey, the perfect situation he, well, there, is he not? Tyler Algier is the perfect scenario for Fifth this. Fifth round. Fifth we round. did not think he'd slide that yes, far. But he went to a perfect situation. They needed a running back. He was able to get in and get significant playing time, and we already saw what he was able to do getting over 1,000 yards on the ground. So if you're a day three, I, I know you want to go as high as you possibly can, but it's so much more about fit rounds four through seven than it is about being a yes. high pick. Yes. Go where you have a realistic chance to make a difference and they're going to give you playing time. I think that's, I think that's pivotal. Yes, Brady Christensen has been with the Panthers team. It's not been super competitive the last two years, but they're building, right? They've fired the head coach. They're going to give it. He's been able to start at left guard last year as the guy. And in the NFL, more than any other league, teams go from worst to first quickly. Yeah. We've seen the last couple of years. Like, the Bengals the are Bengals. super legit. They yeah. used to be terrible. The Browns were terrible They went forever. from two wins to being Super Bowl contenders. Crazy, right? Yeah. And they could win it this year. Like in the- mm, No, they don't, <laughs> but that's fine. He's like, no Chiefs. <laughs> Not a neutral side game. Um, and, and you have these teams, like even the Browns, right, won a playoff game two years ago on right. the road at Pittsburgh after being terrible for years. Lions. Nearly made it this year, but thankfully the Detroit Sea Lions were awesome on the final day of the regular season. Shout out to the Lions and Jamal Williams for helping a brother out. But this, this is going to be interesting to see where they go. Teams that need quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, where Jaron Hall could go, by the way. We can trim this down to like 13 or something. Panthers, Lions, Texans, Colts, Raiders, Rams, Saints. Probably not Giants. They'll probably re-sign Daniel Jones after this year. We'll see. Jets. Seahawks need a backup. Uh, Bucks, Titans, Commanders. I okay, think are teams looking at Jaron though to come in and be their starter? No, or are they looking at? I think he's back a backup initially. So that, yeah, I which think is exciting because he's going to get the experience that we wish Zach Wilson had. Correct. Gotten. Now Zach's the second pick. You're expected to be a starter. You're expected to contribute. You're expecting your first two years to take those leaps, like we saw with some guys like Trevor Lawrence. Unfortunately, and I said this when he was drafted, I hope Zach can overcome Jets. Some, obviously, Zach uh, and the Jets are contributors to what's happened here. But we can't always just blame every team but Jimmer. Does that make sense? Like, sometimes Jimmer maybe wasn't good enough. And uh, we love Jimmer. Uh, but it's like, oh, the Kings. You're on, like, five teams. We love Jimmer. The but Kings like, were the absolute worst place for him to start his career out. Right, but he went other places. Yes. Still didn't work out. Like, at what point do you look in the mirror, right? And, and, and Zach uh, Wilson is looking in the mirror right now. And hopefully they find an offensive coordinator that can b- get the best out of him or go somewhere else. But the, u- the, the timeline in the universe changed when he went to the Jets and not the next pick. Right. To the Niners. The Niners would have been a match made in heaven. That day on Pro Day, they traded up to three. That day, 
John Lynch, the GM, walks into the indoor practice facility, and they want Zach Wilson. They wanted to get up to two so that they could take him. <sighs> but the Jets Sh- were not going to let it happen. Kyle Shanahan could have done with Zach Wilson what he has done with Brock Purdy. Imagine that. We'd be watching Zach Wilson and Fred Warner tear up the NFC. And it would be hard as a Seahawks fan, but I would love it to see those guys succeed. The interesting thing, and I want to go back to the difference in these two mocks, you know, the one from The Athletic okay. and then obviously from Mel Kuyper. Yeah. You know, you're talking about from the positional ranks, you're talking about a seven-position difference from what Kuyper had from Jaron Hall to what Brugler had. Is it Bruckler or Brugler? We're going to call him Dane. So from what Brother, Mel Brother. and Dane had, that's, I think, it sort of puts the NFL draft into perspective. Beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. You may have one player that one team is just desperate to get as soon as he's available. Another team's like, you know what? We, we think we can get him in two rounds. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of the draft. It's also the part of the draft that's so hard to be able to gauge because you just don't know. And you don't know that Mr. Irrelevant is going to come in and possibly go undefeated for the rest of the, the world. You know like, what I mean? Unbelievable run here. You just, because of Kyle Shanahan. Yes. Like, listen, the Niners have been set up to win. I, great defense. They had McCaffrey. They got Kittle. They got Debo. They got all these guys. Like, they were... They're just waiting. Now, the Jets, unfortunately, they are a quarterback away from being very interesting. Yeah. And we want that quarterback to be Zach Wilson. We'll see what happens in the offseason. They have to hire that OC again. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. And get Zach right. And if he's not, go to another team, be the backup. Someone gets hurt, and now you got your shot. Like, Zach's going to get another shot in the NFL somewhere. But Jaron Hall is going to be able to sit behind someone. Blake Freeland's going to be able to come in, and perhaps he's the starter right away if it's somebody like in the middle of the second round. They want him to probably start. Or maybe he moves to left guard or right guard. We don't know. In the NFL, typically, they'll take tackles and just put him as guards because you just want that 6'7", 330 guy with the massive reach and the big hands and whatever. Puka Nakua is going to be interesting, too, because he's going to be the first receiver in a minute to make an impact in the NFL for BYU. And I've said this before. If he had had four health or even three healthy years like Austin Colley, I think we'd be saying Puka was the best receiver in BYU history. I just need the volume to be able to say that. Like, I say Austin won Cody, too. But in terms of sheer athleticism and playmaking ability, it's hard to argue that Puka is not one of the best, if the best receiver in BYU history. And we'll see him somewhere. Now, the Senior Bowl is going to be interesting. This is next week. There are practices. This is the premier uh, all-star game you want to be in. February 4th on that Saturday and the whole week next week is the biggest week of the lives of these three guys because they can go up in... It's what changed Ziggy's career trajectory in the draft. Absolutely. Great pull because Ziggy was kind of like, who is this guy? Four and a half sacks, you know. And then he gets in there and they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's an athletic freak of nature. And then someone's like, I don't know if you've heard this story, but he didn't know how to put on his football pads. (laughs) He wears he, so we do the Y awards that year, and he wears these three D glasses with no lenses, like on stage, and we're like, "What is this?" That's a big personality. It, Z- it, Ziggy was it, the guy. He was at the fifth pick. It turned out he turned fifth? into the fifth pick. Unbelievable! Because a few years before that, I would just go play pickup basketball in the Richards Building, and I would just play with Ziggy. And Ziggy was the super freakish athletic guy. Did he from dunk on you, Ghana? Not on me, but... Did you uh, dunk on him? Yes. No. That is not um, true. We played an intramural game where he threw down super hard. <laughs> I'm not going to say on who, because it's one of the coaches at BYU Ooh. in a sport. 
but I'm not going to say. You tell me off the off there. Yeah, yeah. It Sweet. was Jennifer Rockwood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll tell everybody. I'll tell everybody when we come back from commercial break. I'm just kidding. I won't. Rockwood was a baller, by the way. Played basketball at Ricks. Yes. Yeah. That is a scientific fact. Okay, our question of the day is this: Do you feel both Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland will be drafted prior to the fourth round of the NFL draft? Let's hear from you and Voice of the Nation, Greg Romano on Twitter. A lot depends on how they show during Senior Bowl week. Yes, next week, huge week. Blake should be drafted in the first three rounds. Amen. Jaron's a possibility given both his performance and leadership skills. However, this, uh, his age uh, is going to be, what, 25 in the draft, and history of injuries will probably hold him back until the fourth or fifth round. And that's fine. Let's apply the Tyler Algier principle there. Mm-hmm. Fit is better after, what, round two? Three? I, I think, I think st- certainly pick. starting four through seven, that's where you, it's, yes. it's all about fit. Jared, if you need a starter, you're not, going to get, you're not looking for that guy in the fourth round, in my opinion. I think you're getting that guy in the first two rounds if you want to Correct. Start. And probably the first round. Like, if you're, if you're one of these teams um, that I mentioned, you, like, Seahawks aren't looking for a starter. They're going to look Seahawks, for honestly, someone not named Drew Locke. Not just because it's your team that I'm bringing it up. That actually makes a ton of sense. Because he's Russell Wilson 2.0. You know what another team that would make a, a lot of sense? Like good the, Russell Wilson. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers make yeah. a lot. Obviously, we don't know what the situation is with Tom Brady at this yeah. point. I think Blaine Gabbert is the backup to Tom Brady. That, that's a situation where you could come in yes, and, and learn. Who knows? Maybe you could start day one if you wow in camp. Well, I don't, I don't want Jaron to start day one. I but if like he earns it. it, if he earns an opportunity with the team, I, I'm not going to hold him. I wouldn't want to hold him back. My preference is that he has kind of a year where he's just sitting, and then he gets the opportunity. I just don't want too much too fast. Look, it worked for my man Mahomes. Sat behind Alex Smith for a year, yes. and then he took off the reins, and it was his. Steve Young needed you know, a little bit. He needs to not be in Tampa Bay, speaking of. <laughs> and the creamsicles. <laughs> the creamsicle Continue uniforms. to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, join us Saturday night at 9 Eastern for BYU Sports Nation game day before yeah. men's hoops host St. Mary's for the final time as conference members. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Watch on ESPN2. We both work in the pregame. Let's go. Let's do it. After the break, John Beck on Jaron Hall's best fit in the NFL, how he helped the Cougars get Keaton Slovis and much more, Zach Wilson included. This is BYU Sports Nation. No one else is producing BYU and Pitt quarterback highlight music videos like BYU Sports Nation today. Welcome back, Jeremy Jordan, alongside. Jason Shepard on this BYU Sports Nation. John Beck seems to be connected with uh, about everyone these days. He's worked with Jaron Hall and Keaton Slovis and Zach Wilson and many others in the NFL and college. Those are just three of the topics he addressed uh, with us yesterday as we chatted with their professional quarterback coach on the program. John, let's uh, go ahead and start with Jaron Hall here and his NFL draft stock. It's one of the bigger mysteries for BYU fans. We're all kind of wondering... Is he going to go on day two, or is he going to slide into the later rounds? Where do you see his draft value right now and, and the round that you, that you are projecting him to go in? It's tough because, you know, I think uh, every team has their own view. I talk to some teams, and they view him as like an absolute middle-round guy with the, pen, with the potential to how the senior bowl, the combine, and all of that goes, the potential that maybe he can move up. Um, I've talked to some other teams that are saying, look, like everybody's going to have a very safe uh, evaluation of, of him in the beginning. 
and so like, let's talk about like the floor of where do we see is the last possible round that's Jaron going. So it's just tough because you hear, you know, anywhere from could he jump up into that like top of day two or is he going to be like somewhere in those middle rounds, right? Hovering between day two, day three. It's just so hard to know because the truth of the matter is only scouting departments have done the work right now. The actual coaches have not started the evaluation process of guys uh, that like that's all happening right now. Kind of like these weeks are when everything kicks off of the coaches getting into it because there are some coaches right now that are trying to put staffs together. There are coaches interviewing for jobs. So until all of that settles, teams don't really start having their position coaches dive into the evaluation process. But look, I think it's safe to say Jaron's going to be drafted somewhere. Somebody's going to invest a pick into him which means they're going to have time into him. And then the biggest thing is just going to be that whoever does choose him, there's consistency. He gets time to develop because that's what quarterbacks need. You've uh, worked with Jaron for a few years now and known him for a while. What do you see as some of his greatest strengths as a quarterback right now? And where are you still working with him in some areas? You know, poise is a big thing for Jaron. He demonstrates it all the time in every game, no matter the circumstance. I think that's one of the biggest things that coaches – are going to really like about him. Obviously, it's the easy things to see as well. The athleticism, uh, the command of the offense. They're going to love his decision-making. They love that he doesn't put his team in bad situations very often. He can get out of things with his legs and make plays when nothing's there. All of those things are going to be really valuable. The thing that I'm excited about is when he gets to sit down in these interview processes with teams. Being a young man that's a return missionary that's mature like he is, he's going to absolutely knock it out of the park in these interview processes. And so that, to me, is where... I think some teams are maybe a team that just says, look, we're not going to wait for a later round. Let's go grab him. We're talking with John Beck, uh, who is a quarterback whisperer. He might not call himself that. We call him the quarterback whisperer. Has certainly worked <laughs> with Jaron Hall. John, what's the best situation? You know, we asked you to pick a round, and as you said, it's tough. What's the best situation in the NFL that you could put together for a player like Jaron Hall? Sorry, I, I, I am having tr- this dang camera. Sorry, guys. If you see me cutting out, Ben already gave me the heads up. And for whatever reason, I'm juggling the camera. I'm just going to be honest. So I, I apologize to anybody watching. Okay, say the question again. I'm so sorry. As you were talking, I was like this dang camera. <laughs> no, all, all good. Okay. What's the best situation in the NFL for a quarterback and a player like Jaron Hall? Okay, it's, well, the best one is, well, look what the 49ers are getting right now. That's the absolute best situation you can have as a young player. But I think it's some of the things that I described, right? It's the, it's the consistency. It's they're picking Jaron because of who he is. It's not like, let's go get this guy and turn him into something else. It's we recognize his skills and abilities, and we know what he can become. Now let's give him the reps in practice. Let's, let's involve him in the offense in a way that's going to play to his strengths. And when he gets reps in the preseason, they're doing things that he's comfortable with. Sometimes what hurts a quarterback is when, The offense that he's running in a pro system is so different from the offense that he ran in college. And then he's stepping out in those learning environments, and it's all new to him. Do some of the things that he's comfortable with. Let him build on the things that are new to him, but it not be just this major rush. Because to me, it's he needs positive experiences. He needs good things to happen. That's why you see a young quarterback like Brock Purdy. He gets kind of thrust into the position on a good football team. He has positive experiences, and his confidence continues to grow. That, to me, is what quarterbacks need early in this league to develop because there's going to be challenges. You have to learn. There's going to be bumps. But can you have the positive experiences along the way 
that keep you building in the right direction. Sometimes too many giant hurdles can be really hard on a young quarterback in the NFL. Zach Wilson certainly had plenty of that with the Jets this year. What is he going through right now, in your opinion, and will he get a shot with the Jets next year still? And that's, uh, I don't know all the answers to that situation. And I think that Zach, as well as a lot of the people, are trying to figure that out right now. Um, I know that there's people in the building that still believe in Zach, that have believed in him the entire time. I know there's people in the building that would have probably liked to have done some things differently this year because of just how it played out. Um, and that's the really tough part about the NFL. Unfortunately, a lot of guys experience some difficult situations in the league. Um, and I was crossing my fingers, hoping that when Zach entered the league, that those type of things wouldn't happen. Um, and even when I finished the season with the staff uh, a year ago, uh, I would have never guessed that this is the way that it was going to play out. Things were trending upward then. But, uh, you know, you got to take the situation for how it is. What happened, happened. I think the biggest thing on Zach's plate right now is him focusing on just getting back to what he knows is his best playing ability, focusing on those things. And then whatever happens, happens. It's out of his control. I do believe there are people in the building that still believe in Zach. I'm sure they're going to have to make some decisions on what they do at the quarterback position if they bring somebody in. And then, you know, Zach's just going to have to compete. He's just going to have to continue to work hard. Those are things that he's really good at. So I have a lot of confidence in him. When you uh, are, are assessing a Zach Wilson scenario and you're remembering what you went through with the Miami Dolphins, is it in Jaron Hall's best interest to go to a place where he can be a backup? Is that, is that what we should, we should be hoping for? Well, I think it all depends on the situation. Um, better situations allow a younger quarterback opportunities to do better, have less on your plate, like the, like the mistakes you make don't hurt the team as much. What can be difficult is when the situation is a tough one and your mistakes are compounded by the situation you land in. So is it beneficial to sit? I do believe there are good things that can happen from sitting and watching a veteran quarterback when things are going good. Um, I was in a situation that I got to watch a veteran quarterback for only a few weeks and then he got injured. And then another person came in and I don't think we'd won a game in the first 10 games. I think we were 0-9 or 0-10 when I got my first start. So it, like, it, like, it's just tough. Uh, sometimes sitting can be good. Sometimes sitting, I don't know how much you gain from it because the offense may be reeling and struggling the whole time. You know, I know that when I got into the league, they said they felt like the best situation was the Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers situations. And that's what they were trying to replicate. Could that have benefited Zach? Absolutely. I think it would have benefited him a lot to sit in that first situation and watch for a while. He probably would have gotten on the field eventually just because of how high of a pick that he was. But for somebody like Jaron, I think it all depends on the situation. Can the team that he goes to be sustainable enough where let's say he is picked in a, you know, a high middle round. Let's say he goes in the third round. Sometimes those third round picks, if things aren't going good, like they find their way on the field. I think this year was a record number of quarterbacks that took snaps in the NFL. Wow. Uh, I want to say, like, I can't remember if someone told me it was like 60-something quarterbacks or maybe even more took snaps in the NFL this year. Well, if that follows suit next year and you're a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, you're probably playing in some games. So it's just tough because if you're on a good team, good things can happen for a young player. If you're on a, a bad situation, it's really hard to have good things happen. The last pick in the draft is still playing uh, in Brock Purdy. And I think if Zach Wilson had somehow slid to three in the Niners, I feel like that timeline in the multiverse is very different than the one that we've seen uh, this season. But I did want to ask you about Keaton Slovis. You've been coaching him uh, for, I think, a couple of years now. What's the relationship like? And uh, walk us through sort of the story of helping get him to BYU. 
you know, I'm really excited for Keaton and his opportunity at BYU. He's been a, a great kid, hard worker the whole time I've known him. Going back to when he was at USC, he started training with us. Um, when he went out to Pitt, same thing. To me, it was uh, seeing the talent that, I, that Keaton has. Talents is, I mean, sorry, Keaton's a super talented kid. Uh, and, you know, for him, he wants to be able to finish a college career in the right way knowing the way that he started college football and how he just kind of burst onto the scene and had a great year, he really wants to finish it off the right way. And the conversations were about, hey, I think I'm going to be leaving Pitt. I think I'm going to enter transfer portal. Let's start talking about some possible destinations. And, you know, I knew that there was a potential of Jaron leaving early, going to the NFL. I think BYU is a great system, a great fit. I know the guys there really well. I know A-Rod and what he wants to do at the quarterback position. Um, the efficiency and the statistics and all of that that can happen. So it was just, it was, it was a conversation. Hey, Keaton, what about BYU? You know, would you be interested in BYU? And he showed an interest from the get-go. Uh, and then things just were able to kind of materialize. And I would get a chance to talk to A-Rod. Uh, I would talk to Keaton. That went back and forth for a number of weeks. And it worked out perfect so that when he entered the transfer portal, BYU got to be the first school talking to him. And I know Keaton's really excited, as am I. And there are a lot of people on both sides that I think were super excited for it to work out the way that it did. And, you know, I've been talking to guys. I know he's already in the indoor facility throwing balls with guys. I see some pictures online. He's smiling with the guys on the team. He's got roommates that are on the football team. You know, he sent me a few pictures of himself on campus, so I know he's excited. And to me, it's just all about now the work that he can put in from right now in January to when the season starts, the chemistry that he can build with the guys. And then I'm also super excited to see what the Big 12 schedule is going to be like and who we face and, I know that that was a big thing for him as well, the excitement of, you know, being to be the quarterback for when BYU enters the Big 12. Former BYU and NFL quarterback John Beck is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about some of that work that Keaton Slovis is going to engage in. Right now, what does he do best, and what is area of concern number one that he needs to shore up? Um, Keaton's a very, very accurate thrower. I love the base that he plays with. Uh, the way that he sees the field, he's going to pick up the offense quickly. Um, but the thing that's going to stand out and why NFL scouts are already talking about him, why he already had a senior bowl invite, he could have come out this year, is because the accuracy and the base that he plays with and how he can drive balls to those middle-level throws really well. So it's a lot of the things that he demonstrated early in college. He's actually worked really hard at improving on some downfield throws. So to me, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised to see what a healthy Keaton Slovis arm looks like. Um, you know, last year, a lot of guys don't know the injuries that he was playing with last year. He took a couple shots and he had a back injury, but he kind of played through it without a lot of people knowing. Um, so to me, it's going to be healthy. So what I want to work on most with Keaton is now that we have the healthiest Keaton that we have, let's improve on all the areas where you can be just extremely efficient. And then the area of like, OK, what has he got to work on most? It's the offense. Because guys like Jaron, we got to watch Jaron Hall play these last couple seasons. He was at BYU for a number of years in that same system before he became the starter. So there's going to be kind of this bar that's going to be set by guys that have been in the system. Keaton hasn't been in the system before. So it's going to be taking the knowledge that he has of plays that he's ran other places, how that can relate to what BYU does, and how quickly he can pick up the offense and gain that chemistry with the guys. I think you answered my question, but I want to follow up just to make sure. Because I wanted to ask about 2019, he leads the country in completion percentage. BYU sees him in his first road start. It's this overtime game in Provo, this classic. Um, in the offseason, he calls, uh, you know, he's like, the fans were weird. They were super nice. We all laughed about it. Now he's at BYU. But I did want to ask, um, 
was he was he hurt the last couple of years because the stats certainly weren't the same as 2019 and or was there more to it I know Mark Whipple leaving Pitt after Kenny Pickett uh, left was a big deal as well what else was kind of missing the last three years from him statistically because those numbers didn't really pop but we hope that 2019 Keaton is is 2023 Keaton yeah, I mean, without going into too much detail, right, he had to battle through injuries, arm injuries uh, at USC that he tried to play through on the shortened season and the one after. Um, and then at Pitt, there was a lot of stuff that went into that. There was a lot of things during the kind of like the investigating the school, talking to them about transferring, the offense that they kind of showed that they wanted to run, and then what was actually happening at the school. And look, Keaton's such a good kid. He's not going to say anything or throw anybody under the bus. But, you know, in some of our conversations, there was just this is not what the anticipated offense was going to look like. And then because of a player exiting that he was anticipating to be there that then transferred to USC, the school that he just came from, that was a big hit to their offensive game plan. Yeah, Keaton endured some back injuries that he had to play through. So it was kind of like personnel, the style that the offense was supposed to be, what actually ended up happening because of other injuries to himself and other players kind of what they weren't and were able to do during the season, all of that played into the way things played out at Pitt. And for, like, he's not at all, you know, doesn't look that like that was a bad decision at all. He's grateful for the time that he spent there. He enjoyed his teammates, but he was ready to kind of move to a place that, I, that he felt like was going to give him an opportunity to finish his college career the way that he wanted based off of how it started. And that's why I felt like when I threw out, uh, hey, what about BYU? It's because I think that that's the place that he can do it. And I'm really excited for that. John Beck is on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned Keaton Slovis certainly has NFL aspirations. A number of Cougars in the NFL are having superlative seasons. Most currently, Fred Warner has just been off the charts good. John, when you watch a BYU guy like Fred Warner get named the top linebacker in the entire league, what's going through your mind? What are you seeing on film from a guy like Fred? I mean, Fred is so athletic, moves so well. I remember... Uh, it was the year that I was training Justin Herbert. Uh, he was represented by Athletes First, the same agency that represents Fred. Actually, the exact same agent, Justin Schulman. Um, and I remember seeing Fred on the field. And I had watched BYU games. And I'd you know, seen him a little bit at times when I was up around Provo. But I was just blown away with the athleticism and how big and fast. And when you watch him on tape, he just covers so much field. And he's so aggressively downhill in the run game. And he covers so much space in the pass game. I mean, he... He literally is one of the best all-round, if not the best all-round linebacker in the league, and it shows up everywhere on tape. And to do that with the size that he is, that's what's so amazing. So it's cool to see him have these accolades, to be an all-pro guy. It's great not only for BYU, but for Fred, just because of you know uh, the effort that he puts into everything. I've seen him grind on these practice fields when he was coming out. And I love seeing the story of guys that are dedicated to their sport and they get to reach their full potential. To me, that's what being on the right team is all about. Uh, there are so many guys in the league that have the potential to be really good players, but sometimes there's things that kind of stand in their way, whether it's within their control or outside of their control. So to see a guy maximize his potential is awesome. BYU quarterback middleman John Beck is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, <laughs> middleman. Middleman now. <laughs> That's a new one. Did, but, I'll one. It, but I'll take it. <laughs> The, uh, he's, uh, he needs a finder's fee uh, for Keaton's Dude, uh, You know what I am not? I am not a cameraman. That's what I am not. <laughs> John, you're, you, out here, you out here like the mountain in 06, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, like, 
camera guys, you are so valuable. I'm sitting here on a field holding this thing with my hand. And I literally, it's like a game that I'm playing of like, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> Let's finish with this, John. Uh, BYU certainly enters the Big 12 in July officially. Plays this fall, as we know. What is left for BYU from a, from a talent or otherwise perspective to get to the point where we feel like BYU can compete for a conference championship in that league? We certainly look to Utah, and it took, uh, you know, 10, 11 years to get to that we won the league stance in a, a massive bowl game in the Rose Bowl. What does BYU need to do to get to that level in the Big 12? Man, that's tough to say because we've yet to see what BYU looks like in the Big 12. I would just say, you know, you got to dive right in with a culture and a mindset. Uh, it's not wondering how we're going to do. It's showing up with the purpose of this is exactly what we're going to do, right? And, like, there's a plan. And to not be surprised when you go out and you're winning your first few games, right? Act like you plan on being there. You plan on winning from the get-go. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be some differences in what the defenses that they see. I've helped a lot of quarterbacks that have played Big 12 games in this pre-draft process, and some of the defenses are a little bit unique. Um, obviously, there's a lot of points that are scored in that league. You're going to have to score points to win offensively. Maybe it feels like that's a lot of pressure to score points, but it's something that BYU has done a good job of over the years of putting up points. So it's, it's be who you are and find a way to be better. Uh, and to me, that starts with the offseason. It starts with the mindset. And then, like, like I said earlier, like I think if BYU just goes in with a plan uh, and to, to look and look, it may there may be some bumps, right? There may be some learning things. Maybe as a coaching staff, you have to learn some things. Maybe as players, you have to learn some things. Maybe from a personnel standpoint, you know, can we match the speed? Can we match the, you know, the horizontal game and the vertical game? Can we do all those things defensively and offensively? Once those things are settled with personnel, then I truly believe it just comes down to a culture of the culture that they established of, of, of winning football in that new conference. And that's why I think, man, just dive right in. Like if I was talking to the team, I would just say, let's just make the plan to dive right in and establish from the get-go who BYU is in the new league. He is a renaissance man, John Beck. He is a cameraman in training. He is a BYU quarterback middleman. He is a quarterback <laughs> whisperer. And he's a great person overall. John, thanks for the time. Always great to talk with you. John Beck finds this guy. A lot of insights there. So much good stuff Especially in that. about kind of what Keaton Slovis went through. Yeah. We didn't think about Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff winner for best receiver in the country, transferring from Pitt. Mark Wibble, the OC, leaves Pitt. Keaton is healthy and uh, in an offense that hopefully suits him way better, and then we'll see it. Walking into the Big 12, John said that was the thing that he was excited about, is being the first guy to lead BYU into yeah, the Big 12. Yeah, for, for anybody that was concerned, you say, oh, well, look at the USC numbers versus the Pitt numbers. Some of the stuff that John mentioned, that was out there. Some of that stuff wasn't. So yeah. I think it was probably one of those situations where if you're somebody that was concerned about the numbers dropping, I, I would think you're certainly – feeling a lot better knowing all of the circumstances that he was dealing with. It, I wasn't concerned. I, as soon as I knew Keaton Slovis was available and the, and the BYU was showing some interest, that, that was like, done. That's well, the guy I, I want in this offense. Well, I, I was excited, too, because I think he's as good of a type of player that BYU could possibly get in that situation. But I was concerned about what I saw the last couple of years. But now I understand uh, what was happening from a personnel and coaching yep. and injury standpoint. Yes. Now those things hopefully will be resolved, and we're ready to rock, baby. Let's go. 
Watch BYU basketball with Mark Pope. It is now on demand. You can catch Coach and Greg Rubel as they look ahead to the St. Mary's game this Saturday. Oh, what a big game at the Marriott Center. Watch the show on BYUSN.com or check it out on the BYU TV app. And who's the bigger Zach Wilson fan, the Jets or Aaron Rodgers? We'll play oh, some sound involved. from the Pat and McAfee show yesterday. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jason. I'm Jerem. Let's whip it. Good Will Brown is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Aaron Rodgers made his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and the topic of Zach Wilson came up. Here's some of what Rodgers had to say about the former Cougar. For him, it's just going to be, you know, humility, clean, lean into that, and then just consistently you know, working on the fundamentals. I think, I think he, he's so talented, but but the best, the best in the business, can make all the plays outside the pocket, can move around, but fundamentally inside the pocket, like. Uh, especially the two guys on the FC side. You got guys who can really uh, play in the pocket and then also extend and make plays outside the pocket. But inside the pocket, that's where you beat teams. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, that whoever they decide to, to go with uh, at coordinator can come in and, and, uh, and work with him and, and uh, kind of break down a lot of the fundamentals uh, for him and, and uh, get him playing on time because I think he's talented enough to have a long career in the league. In Zach Wilson, is it Aaron Rodgers or is it the New York Jets? More faith. Uh, feels like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. at this point. With some insight there, and Zach, uh, you know, has been a, a fan of Aaron for a long time. Jets say they have faith in him, and he's. I don't necessarily believe them. I believe they will sign a vet that Zach can sit behind and learn a little bit this year. But uh, we'll see what kind of vet they get. Like, like if Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, I need to leave the Packers. I, honestly, the Jets are a good quarterback away from being pretty interesting there in the playoffs. It they were 6-3. It would be kind of interesting if he ends up going to the Jets and Zach can learn from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, no, that's certainly out there. That, 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 I think that'd be pretty interesting. Look, I, I think right now the answer is, is Aaron Rodgers. And one, because the Jets aren't saying a ton other than we still have faith in him. You know, it's very Their actions robotic. will show that. Look, here, here's what I know. In a game that meant absolutely nothing, and you could have put Zach Wilson in as a starting quarterback to end the regular season, you started Joe Flacco. That's for no what I, reason. For no reason. There's yeah. no you reason to start Joe Flacco in Joe. that game. Yeah, that was weird. So that, that's what I know about I, that situation. I was very concerned uh, when they, yeah, were, were not even rostering him. For yes. Games. Yep. It's like, what? BYU sent homie of the program, Cam Miller, as mentioned earlier for College Football Network, posted the following this yesterday. Awesome. This photo is art. It's Cosmo doing a flip during a game in front of the rock, and he's just like 25 feet in the air. <laughs> Cam is correct. This is art. What do we call this masterpiece? I have two options. Okay. I'm going to start out with what I think is the best of the two. Cosmo and the Cosmos. Oh, Okay. pretty good. And then my other one, Cougars in Flight. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Those are my two. Um, one option is Cougar Tail. <laughs> Another is Cosmo Funke. If you're in the rest of the development fan. Sea of blue or blueness. Okay. There you go. Not bad, not bad. Put it in the MOA. Okay. Uh, Pope Shinari 
was back. Taking the country by storm. It is taking it. It's a board game version that's coming out very, very soon. Very nice. Yes, you can get it at the BYU store. You can get, get it with more Monopoly as You cannot. Well. I'm not, do not go to the BYU store asking for Pope Shenari. Here's what's up. Why are you saying that? It is not a thing. I just made that up. Uh, it was back last night on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Last time, it was Atiki who drew this picture of Coach Pope. So there, see, there's there's one on on the the left of your screen. Uh, then last night, Richie Saunders drew this one of Greg <laughs> Rubel. So I ask you, who did it better? First off, I'm not going to make fun of anyone's art because I am terrible. That's better than drawing. anything I could Can, do. I yeah, I, I can't even do this. I mean, um, but yeah, both of these are terrible. <laughs> what I find interesting is the one that was was made of Coach Pope, I think actually looks more like Greg. And the one of Greg looks more like Coach Pope. Oh, you want to reverse flow I think that? you could reverse it. Listen, yeah. there's a lot of pressure in that moment to, uh, to draw on national TV. <laughs> it's like so. doing math and drawing. Things you don't do fun, on live TV. Fun fact about Spencer, like really, really good at just random math. Yes, if he is. If you were like, hey, 89 divided by 13 or something, he would like do it pretty close to yes. within it, if not spot on. Where I'd be like, I don't know on that one. I have no I, clue. I would have this look of terror on my face. Be like, is it six something, yeah. seven? I don't know. I don't I'd know. be like, fun fact, didn't take I, a math class at BYU. Didn't take one. There you go. Me either. <laughs> if you missed any of our BYU TV sports interviews, right. shows, or games, or just want to watch them all over again, go to BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. Math is a wonderful thing, Jack Black once said. I can't finish the rest of that quote on the air, though. Will both Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland be off the board come round four of the NFL draft? More of your responses after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Our question of the day you feel both Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland will be drafted prior to the fourth round of the NFL draft? At Caleb J. McKay on IG. No, Jaron's more of a fifth rounder in my book. However, I would not be surprised if he got taken higher. Can you take me higher? Said Creed one time. <laughs> if Freeland drops to the fourth round, someone in the front office was not doing their job. Yeah, I, I think we both uh, feel like Blake Freeland will be top three rounds. I will be I shocked if he is there in the fourth. I mean, shocked. If I have to pin down a round, I think it's second. I, th uh, I think he goes yes. in the second round. In the first round, typically about four or five tackles go. So if he's in that kind of six to ten range of tackles, perhaps second Look, spot. Look, here's how confident I am that Blake Freeland will not be around in the fourth round. If Blake Freeland is available in the fourth round, he will shave his head. Oh, my gosh. Spencer okay? will shave his head. That is, that is how confident I am, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's extremely not confident. Uh, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at tight like a dish I wonder if they read the Book of Mormon on Twitter probably not but I hope so I think Jaron will fall and make someone really happy in the 4th or 5th I could see Jaron in the 4th or 5th sometime that makes the most sense right now and that screams hey we want you to be a backup that could become the starter eventually it's not a team that has a capable guy per se it could, be, it could be like Geno Smith where, yes, he might be our guy for another year or two, but we want you as the heir apparent, which I think would be the most ideal setup for Jaron going into the NFL. Then if, if that's actually the case, he takes over when he's 27 or 28, plays for a few years, has a nice career, gets those NFL benefits and whatnot, mm -hmm. and uh, walks off into the sunset however long he can play in the NFL. It, it's going to be fun because 
We're going back-to-back quarterbacks in the NFL draft here. I know. It's pretty cool. I mean, I'm and, trying and to think back three years in a row, depending on Keaton's. We hope it's season. three years in a row. I mean, it could be three. We hope it's a million years in a row. It just never ends. Just NFL, BYU quarterbacks. Let's hey, go. And honestly. Back to our roots. Back. Yes. This place is quarterback you, is it not? Like, let's, let's uh, resurrect that. Let's go. All right, join Greg Rubel and uh, Mark Durant on Saturday as 22nd-ranked St. Mary's comes to the Marriott Center to face the Cougars. Listen, Saturday's pregame coverage with yours truly yeah. begins at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio with tip-off at 10 Eastern. We're hoping you have both BYU TV and BYU Radio on at the same time for the pregame show. Just sync them up. Multi- sync them up. Sync them up. How are we going to know? <laughs> After the break, today's Rise and Shoutouts. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. Today's Rise and Shoutout is brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're giving out uh, a couple first to Jenna Asai, Oregon transfer. Not one, but two ducks uh, coming the way of the BYU Cougars, of course, with Amari Whiting, uh, who is rehabbing an ACL injury. Those two will be playing for the Cougars next year, adding to already Kaylee Wolston and uh, Nevada uh, Gatorade Player of the Year, a uh, talented player out of Spain. Women's Soups is locked and, and loaded Balotea for still next year. Being there Not and to mention Gustin. those two and uh, Emma Calvert <laughs> yes. and, and Ariel Mackey-Williams, and they're they're loaded. I'm excited yeah. about that First group. year in the Big 12 for women's basketball should be very, very exciting. I mean, we're excited either way about the Big yes. 12, let alone uh, that talented group. And how about Tyler Algier? Absolutely. Tyler Algier getting another uh, rookie honor and uh, deserving it uh, 100%. Not among the finalists for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think it was just barely out. But uh, To be in the conversation. Amazing. Fifth Amazing. Round pick? Yeah, I'll take that. Fifth round, huh? Our thanks to today's guest, John Beck. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time, perhaps, next time, but we did have John Beck. John told us after the interview, by the way, that he was trying to get Dennis on the Zoom with him. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Archie Rose. Go Cougs!